1: All right, well, welcome back to. After a a brief uh, respite for Vacation Bible School, we are uh, back into our study of uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And tonight we are in, or continue to be, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, which of course is the uh, Lord's Prayer. And uh, we are in part 6 of our lesson uh, When You uh, Pray. Now, we've said from the beginning that the Lord's Prayer is divided into two parts. The first part is all about God. It's all about the Father's interest. Uh, There are three petitions in that first part. And it's all about the Father's name, the Father's kingdom, and the Father's will. And what Jesus is teaching us, of course, is that when we pray, we always put Him first. It's all about His name, His kingdom, His will. Only after we've addressed that... Do we come to him with our uh, request and our petitions? And so tonight, we turn to the second part of that prayer, which is the fourth of six petitions, and this is the first one that we're praying for ourselves, and this is Matthew six eleven. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, very quickly here, I just want to cover a couple of things, and it's not going to take long at all. And the first thing here is that the word bread, give us this day our daily bread, is not being used uh, literally. Uh, Jesus is not telling us to pray for our bread and not our meat. He's not saying give us this day our daily bread and forgetting about our vegetables. It's, it, that's not. The, bread, the word bread is not being used to represent uh, literally a piece of bread. Bread here is a symbol of of all the necessities of life. So it would, of course, include food and drink and and shelter and clothing. In our modern uh, age, it would include transportation to get back and forth to work. It would include money uh, that we would then use to go to Publix or Winn-Dixie and buy food. Anything that we need to sustain the body. That is what the word bread here is representing. So when we ask God... Uh, For our bread give us to stay our daily bread. We're basically asking God to supply our basic needs that you and I need to uh, Survive now. I want you to understand in the ancient world. This would have been incredibly relevant Jesus is standing on a, a mountainside and he's teaching a people who live in an age where there are no grocery stores they live in an age where they can't take food home and put it in a refrigerator, much less a, a freezer. Uh, they, you live in an age where very, very few people uh, had savings accounts, if at all, and or, or enough money put back for for more than a, a day. Most people were very, very poor. A, a laborer in that day, a typical laborer, who, their pay would have been very low. Just enough, probably, to buy food for their family for that day, and they didn't get paid in advance. They weren't paid, uh, you know, a month ahead of time or anything like that. They were actually paid on the day that they work after they had performed uh, the work. We see this, by the way, in Matthew chapter twenty. Jesus tells a parable that we know as the parable of the laborers, and he says this: For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. So that's typically how it happened in that day. You worked for a day, and at the end of the day, you got paid a day's wage. And you can imagine in that day, if a man got hurt, uh, it could absolutely be disastrous For uh, his family. So Jesus. He's standing there. And he's teaching them. When you pray. Pray like this. Give us this day. Our daily bread. That would have been very relevant to those people. Because that's how most people lived. They lived hand to mouth. They lived. uh, or, Or survived. One day. At a time. But. With that said. I want you to notice the limitation in this prayer. And there is a limitation in this prayer. Jesus said, pray like this, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, he could have said, give us this day enough to last a week. Give us this day enough for us to put up a little extra that'll maybe last us for a month. Or give us this day enough to last for the whole year. But he didn't do that. He put a limitation on this prayer, and he says, when you pray, pray like this, give us this day enough to sustain us this day. The word actually used for this day means the day that's coming. So, for example, if we were to pray this in the morning, we would be praying for the day that's ahead of us. If we were to pray this at night, we would be praying for tomorrow or the day that is to to come. So that's what Jesus is saying here in this prayer. It's what he means. Give us for the day that's coming enough to sustain us for that day. Now, again, we're not to pray for a warehouse full. We're not to pray for a year's supply. That's the limitation. We are to pray for enough for one day. Now. The theology behind all that is just that simple. That's how simple it is. We've already we looked at what the word bread meant. It means, it, you know, it's a symbol for everything. We looked at the limitation, pray enough for one day. If we wanted to, we could stop right there and move on to the next um, uh, requ- request, which, of course, is going to be forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We could move on, but we're not... <laughs> um because i got questions it's not enough for me to just read it and know what it means i got to ask questions and i've actually got three questions tonight here's the first one do we pray this way do we actually pray on a daily basis give us this day our daily bread there's a guy by the name of jelly roll And uh, if you go Google him, I'll just tell you up front that his picture will absolutely match his name. I'll just tell you that up front. And he's got a song, and I looked up the lyrics. It goes like this. I only talk to God when I need a favor, and I only pray when I ain't got a prayer. So who am I to expect a Savior if I only talk to God when I need a favor? Now, I remember when I first read that first line, I only talk to God when I need a favor. I was, to be honest, I was kind of taken aback by that, right? You hear somebody literally say that, and you're kind of taken aback. You're like, man, I can't believe he actually said that, right? But the more I thought about it, I kind of respected the guy, and the reason I do is because he's telling the truth. That is how he prays, and that is how the majority of people who pray that is how they pray they only pray when they need a favor they only pray when times have gotten so bad or some situation has gotten so bad that they don't think they can handle it themselves that's when they pray that is how i believe the majority of people pray but i'm not concerned tonight about the majority what about us what about us Do do we only go to God with the big things? Do do we only go to God when it's something that we uh, think, man, I just can't handle this. There's nothing I can do about this. This is out of my control. God, I need a favor. Do we just assume that our daily needs are going to be met? Do we just assume that the paycheck is going to be there? Do we just assume that, hey, if I need some clothes, I just run to Walmart, or if I need some food, I'm just going to go to Winn-Dixie or or Publix? Do we just assume all that is just going to, the way things are today is the way things are going to be tomorrow, and I don't really need to ask God to supply my needs? Do any of us really pray for our physical needs anymore? Do we really ask God to give us this day what we need to sustain us? Do we at least take time to thank him for the air in our lungs and the food on our table and the clothes on our back and the roof over our head and the gas that's in our car and the money that's in the bank? Do we at least stop and do that every single day or do we just take these things for granted? Please tell me, please tell me that we here in River of Life or we in, in, uh, that call ourselves Christians are not taking this part of the Lord's prayer seriously. Please tell me that we're not some of those people that look back to that mountainside and we look back to that society and say, man, I, I completely understand why he would tell them to pray that way but come on we live in america we've got department stores and grocery stores and amazon and uh whoever them people are that knock on the door and drop the groceries off whatever whoever they are i mean we got all of them we don't need to pray that way please tell me we don't think that way because i'm going to tell you if we think that way and we're not going to god This very well could be one of the most frequent and one of the most flagrant areas of Christian disobedience. Because I'm going to tell you, I don't believe Jesus was standing there on that mountain and he was teaching them to pray and thinking, you know, I know there's going to be a culture down the road. They don't really need to pray this way. I don't believe that for a second. I believe he was tell this is how all Christians should pay in every generation, in every society, in every culture should pray this way. So if we're not doing it, it could very well be that we are walking in disobedience. So what would be our excuse? That's my number two question. What what would be our excuse in this modern society in America? What would be our excuse for not praying this way? Well, I wrote down four things that I thought people might say. And I kind of know already some of you, (laughs) there's probably already this one thought going in your mind, well, Derek, I say grace every day. Every time I have a meal, I I thank God for that meal. By the way, that's a a wonderful thing. I do it. I, I hope everybody does it. You should do it in public. Uh, you should do it in private. You should always do it. But I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Do you mean it? When you bow your head at that table and you give gr- and you say thanks, or do you mean the words that are coming out of your mouth? Because if you're just mechanically repeating something, if you're just doing, a, doing it because my daddy did it and my granddaddy did it and it's just a tradition in our family, Remember, Jesus said, don't pray like that. Don't pray empty words and you think you're going to be heard. Do we mean it when we give thanks? And by the way, like I said, I think it's a great thing. Everybody should do it. But what about all the other things that God supplies us with on a daily basis? Do we thank him every day for the roof that's over our head, for the clothes that's on our back, for the health That we have to be able to get up and go and do things. Are we thanking him for those things? So I'm glad we say grace. I'm I'm glad we do that. But I think it's much. Jesus is talking about much, much more than just that. There may also be some people out there that say something like this. Well, Derek, if I'm being honest, I got to admit, I don't pray that way. But you know what? I'm still eating. I still got clothes on my back. I'm still paying the mortgage. Does it really matter if you pray what's what's the it, it, I haven't been praying that way. He's still taking care of me, so does it really make a difference that to to pray that way that that Jesus said to pray? There may be some that ask that there may be some that that look at other people. And we can all say this. I know people, you know people, that are certainly not believers. They don't give God a second thought, and they're eating better than me. They're eating steak and ice cream, right? Um, They're wearing better clothes than I'm wearing. They're driving a nicer car than I'm driving, living in a bigger house than I'm living in, and they don't ever pray. What about them? If it really matters to pray How do they get all their needs taken care of? What's the point of it? What difference does it really make? And there may be somebody here that's really spiritual. And the really spiritual person might say something like this. Well, Derek, you remember back in Matthew 6, 8, you told us that the Father already knows what you need before you even ask him. He already knows all that stuff. So if he already knows that we need food and clothing and shelter and and gas in the car and money, the, if he already if he knows that we need all that, what is the point of our asking? And and right there, right there, somebody just hit the nail on the head. That is the question we need to ask. Why would Jesus say, when you pray, first, before you ask about your sins, before you ask about these other things? Make sure you ask me to meet your basic needs, your physical needs. Why would he do that? What's the point of asking? Well, listen, I said a while ago, and I'm going to say it again. I 100% believe that Jesus meant that prayer to be prayed by every Christian who was to ever come. All generations, all societies, all cultures. There's no doubt in my mind about that. He wasn't just saying, oh, for y'all poor people that, that live over here where you don't have any refrigerators, uh, y'all pray this, but the rest of you don't know. No. He meant this for everybody. And I also believe he has a reason that, you and I, that he wants you and I in this modern age to pray the same way. But I'm also convinced of two things. Number one, that his reason is not to inform God of what we need. He already knows what we need, right? Before we even ask him, Jesus told that just a few verses ago. So, the reason he tells us to come and pray is not to inform God. And by the way, I also believe 100% that our reason that we are to ask is not to influence God. In other words, I don't believe for a moment that God is sitting there thinking, if they don't ask, I ain't giving it to them. And the reason I know that is because I'm a father. And I provide for my family. I provided for my children. I wasn't going to not, I'm not going to sit there every day and think, well, I ain't putting food on the table if they don't ask for it. And if I, being an evil man, know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to his children? God is not some kind of God that's sitting there saying, boy, you better ask, or you ain't getting nothing. No. So the, so there's a reason that we are to ask God to provide our needs. And it's not to inform him because he already knows. It's not to influence him. Way before there was anything known as the Lord's Prayer, there was a man named David in Psalm 37. He said this, I have been young, now I'm old. And I have never, never, not one time seen the righteous forsaken. And I have never, not one time, seen the righteous children begging bread. In other words, God takes care of his own. God takes care of his own. This was way before the Lord's Prayer. So the reason cannot be to inform God, and the reason cannot be to influence God. So what's the reason? Well, here's the reason. It's not that God needs to be told. The reason is that we need to tell him. Let me put it another way. The reason is not to influence God reason is to influence us this is all about us it ain't about really him at all it's about us now i need to i need to give a little more detail about that what do i mean by that what 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 is it about us that this is meant to influence well let's ask ourselves a question what do you think happens to a person who walks through life and they Don't ask God to supply their needs. They don't honor God as the giver of all good gifts. They don't thank God for meeting their daily needs. So they just walk through life like many people that we know. And they never even give God a second thought. They eat. They dress. They take shelter. They they earn a paycheck. They breathe. They do all these things that God has given them. And they never acknowledge him one time. And what do you think happens to a person like that? Well, I'll tell you what happens. It doesn't happen overnight, but inside of their heart, a slow and very subtle change begins to take place. And again, it's not overnight necessarily, but it is happening and it is inevitable. What happens is they begin to take things for granted. Like we talked about earlier, they just assume, well... I'm not asking God for nothing. I ain't thanking God for nothing. Man, I'm eating good. Got a good job. Got a good car. Got a nice house. And what happens is they just begin to take things for granted. And gradually what happens is they succumb to this delusion that it's them that's providing all of these things for themselves. They begin to assume that it's my intellect It's my hard work. It's my talent and my abilities that have really made all this possible. I did all this. Look what I did. And what happens is a kind of blindness settles over them. And this thing begins to grow inside of them called pride. And it gets larger and it gets larger and it gets larger it reminds me of a story I read one time, this was years ago, about a guy by the name of Dr. Harry Ironside. He was a, uh, I think he died in 1951 if I remember correctly, but he was a, um, uh, the pastor of Moody Bible Church in Chicago back around World War II. And uh, he told a story as a young man, he went into a cafeteria, something like Morrison's or um Ponderosa. I don't know what it, what it, what they got uh, anymore, but you know, like a cafeteria where you go through the line, and he got his he got his tray and he went to sit down and he could only find one seat, and it was across from this other man. So he asked this man. He said, "Do you mind if I you mind if I sit there?" And the man said, "Sure." And so he sat down and he he bowed his head, and he silently said grace. And when he looked up and started to eat, the man said, uh, "Something wrong with your food." and uh he said he said no by the way this this happened to me and Kathy one night we were out eating and I we bowed and said our said our said grace you know and we looked up and the waitress said something wrong with the food <laughs> he said no ma'am we're just saying grace but that's what this man said something wrong with the food and he said no my food's fine and the guy said well you got a you got a headache? And Dr. Ironside said, no, my, my head's fine. Why do you ask? And he said, well, I just noticed you, you bowed your head looking at your food. I thought my, something might be wrong with your food or your head. And Dr. Ironside said, no, I'm, I'm just saying grace. I'm just thanking God for providing this meal. And that man said to him, you don't believe that foolishness, do you? You don't really believe that, that bunk. And Dr. Ironside said, well, if you mean by that, do I believe that God supplies this meal? Yes, I do. And he, he looked at that man, and he said, you don't say grace? That man said, oh, no. He said, man, when they put that food in front of me, he said, I just dive right in. I don't give it a second thought. Dr. Ironside said, you know, that is just like my dog. That's what my dog does. When I, put, when I put that bowl of food in front of that dog, he said he dives right in. He don't give a second thought to who made that food or who's bought that food or who supplied that food. He just dives right in. Now, that's a nice story, but you know there's something like that in the Bible. In Daniel chapter 4, we're told of a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he was walking. He had built a city called Babylon, and he had built this incredible palace. An incredible city. And one evening he's walking on the top of the palace and he looks out at that city and he says to himself, man, look what I did. Look what I built. Look how glorious I am. I did all this. My intellect, my power, my hard work, my talent, my abilities. Now, if y'all know the story, you know what happened, right? God literally brought a delusion on him caused him to lose his ever-loving mind he literally went out in the field and began to eat grass like a cow that's how that's how he, he lost his mind they said his nails grew so they were like claws i mean he literally stayed out there for for years and finally god gave him his mind back and he came back to his sentences to his sense and he gave glory to god it's like God said, I'm going to show you what happens when you don't recognize me. Now, folks, here's my question. Could it be, could it really be that if a person neglects to honor God and thank God and, and recognize him as the giver of all good things, could it be that that could lead that person to behave no better than an animal? Could that be? I think the answer to that is absolutely yes. And this is the danger for a person not taking the time to recognize God. You see, once you harden your heart to the point that you don't see God as a source of your breath and the source of your food and the source of your shelter and your clothing and your very life, let me tell you, once you cut him off from that, nothing is off limits to you. Nothing is. And by the way, this is on display for us right now, this month. Pick up the news, watch anything you want to. This is on display for us. I don't know whether you know it or not, but this is Pride Month, and I went to Wikipedia to see what this, what it, uh, to give me a definition of it, and it says Pride Month is dedicated to the celebration of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender pride. Okay. Celebrating pride. Now you ask me, how does a person go from to the point, or how does a person get to the point where they celebrate the very thing that God hates? How do you how do you get to that point? How, how do you get to the point where one day you're ashamed, and maybe you move to the point where you, now you don't feel anything, and now you move to the point where you just, just celebrate it? How did you go from over there to here? Well, let me tell you, folks, it ain't rocket science. The book of Romans tells us exactly how it happened. Romans 121 says this, For although they knew God, listen, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. They knew there was a God. Everything in creation says, I'm right here. I made all this. And yet, they didn't honor him as the creator, as the giver of all good gifts. They didn't thank him for the life and the breath that they had. They didn't thank him for their daily sustenance. And Paul says, they became futile in their thinking. Their foolish hearts were darkened, and claiming to be wise, they became fools. Now, what does that person look like? First Peter 3, 2 says this, in the last days, people will be lovers of self, proud, ungrateful you see when you when you divorce yourself from god as the giver when you stop thanking him when you harden your heart let me tell you anything is possible nothing is off limits to you nothing you will become a lover of self you will become proud and you will become ungrateful forget to thank god And one day you may look up and find yourself celebrating the very things that God hates. Now, let me tell you, folks, we are human beings. We're human beings. We are made in the image of God. We are not animals. We're not a dog that dives in and doesn't give a second thought. We shouldn't be that way. We should recognize that we are created in the image of our Heavenly Father. We should recognize that our Father, every good gift comes down from him and we should thank him for that you see this is why jesus is saying when you pray pray like this give us this day our daily bread because praying give us this day our daily bread reminds us that everything we have comes from his hand that is the point of this prayer it's not to influence god it's not to remind god hey i need to eat down here no it's to remind us that he's the provider it's to remind us that He's the Creator. It's to remind us every day that He is our Heavenly Father. James one seventeen says this, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Everything good comes from Him. There's an old poem. It says, Back of the bread is the snowy flower, and back of the flour is the meal. Back of the meal is the field of wheat, the rain, and the Father's will. You see, it's easy to go to Publix and get some clothes, I mean, get some uh, food, but you forget that behind the Publix is trucks and trains and airplanes and a distribution network, and behind that is is, uh, is farmers growing all of this stuff. But behind that, behind that, the soil, the rain, is the Father's will. It's the Father's will. Listen, I understand times have changed. I get it. We live in a, in a time where we've got refrigerators, we've got freezers, we can keep food literally for weeks, months, maybe even years. If, if we need something, we just run to the grocery store. Most of us have some savings accounts. We got money put aside for for a rainy day. I, I get all of that has changed. But folks, what has not changed is the need of a human being to come to God every day and recognize him as the giver of all good gifts. That will never change. In fact, I would might even say we need to do it more today than even then because we live in the midst of a depraved and adulterous generation. At least in that day, everybody was, was religious. Everybody was spiritual. Everybody recognized that there were, uh, there were even if it was pagan God. Today, we just live in the midst of, of depravity. Even more so, we need to come and recognize that he is the giver. We need to be reminded that it, listen, folks, listen to me. Thank God for what we have in this country. Thank God. Thank God for the electricity. Thank God for for gas to put in our car. Thank God for the jobs and the economy. But listen to me. It is only God's grace and only God's goodness that keeps it flowing unhindered. That's only his grace and only be, be, he can stop it at any moment that he wants to. He can stop it at any moment he wants to. So every day that we're provided for. We need to look past the company that's paying us. We need to look past the, the government that sends us the check. We need to look past the, the grocery stores, and we need to make sure we understand that behind that is a sovereign God that's taking care of his people. We need to pray every day to remind us that God is Jehovah Jireh, that God is our provider, and he, we're dependent on him for everything. In the city of Athens on Mars Hill, Paul is standing before a a bunch of pagan philosophers. And he says this, the God who made the world and everything in it, he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. The breath that I have in my lungs comes from him. He could take it away at any second, any second. Listen, the only way that you and I can avoid the terrible sin of ingratitude, and please don't think that being ungrateful isn't a terrible sin. I I can't imagine very few things worse than being ungrateful to our Heavenly Father. But the only way that you and I can avoid the sin of ingratitude is to pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. That's the point. I want to close with this. I want to give you five benefits of praying this on a daily basis. Five benefits on a daily basis of recognizing. And by the way, you don't have to use these words. That's not the point. But at some point during your day, recognizing that God is the giver. That God is the provider. However you do that, whatever words you use. Five benefits of doing that on a daily basis. Number one it, keeps, uh, it reminds us to keep the right perspective. It reminds us to keep the right perspective. Listen, if you go out and listen to popular Christianity, what popular Christianity is going to tell you is that every Christian should be rich. That's not biblical, folks. It's not scriptural. Don't think for a moment that that comes out of the Bible. That comes from wicked men who think that godliness is a, is a way to gain money. Give me your money, and people do it all the time that is not uh, that's not biblical okay in fact, down through the ages, the majority of Christians have been poor. in fact, the majority of Christians today are still poor we just we live in a bubble in america we live in a bubble we live in a in a very advanced uh, blessed and 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 rich country but listen the vast majority of christians around this world are still poor god promises one thing to meet our needs period that's what he's promised to meet our needs my god will supply all your needs according to his riches in christ jesus that's the promise so jesus is teaching us to pray for those needs on a daily basis and the implication here is by the way that we should be content with that now jesus just implies it in this prayer but uh, paul will make it very clear in his first letter to timothy where he says this godliness with contentment is great gain For you brought nothing in the world and let me tell you you ain't taking nothing out of it you brought nothing into the world you ain't taking nothing out of it i remember see if i can get these out I had a preacher a long time ago, and every once in a while, he would take out his keys. And he says, this goes to my house, this is my truck, this is my boat, this is my gun safe. He'd go down, and he'd say, and one day, I'll hand somebody else to take everything I got. I can't take none of it with me. Just on loan for a little while. You can't take it with you. Therefore, Paul says, be content. Shelter. Be content with food. Be content with God supplying your needs. If he gives you more, praising. If he gives you enough, just enough, praising. You see, let me tell you, there's a great parable that Jesus tells in Luke 12, and and he talks about a man that gets it out of perspective. He gets his life out of balance. He says this, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what am I going to do? I don't have no place to put my crops. And then he said, I know what I'll do. I'll build bigger barns. I'll build bigger barns and I'll store my grain. And I'll say to myself, now you've got plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, you fool. This night, your soul is going to be required of you. And then who's going to get all the stuff that you've got? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. See, This man had it all out of whack. He had, he got all this surplus. He had all this stuff, and he didn't give a God a second thought. He just thought, man, I'll build bigger barns. I got enough to last. Now i eat, drink, and be merry. And God said, tonight you die. He had it all out of perspective. You see, folks, listen. What matters is in this life is who he is and our relationship to him. That's it that matters that matters more than anything and when we come to god and say father give us this day our daily bread it reminds us of that relationship it reminds us of what's important in life and what we're gonna what really matters number two it reminds us that no request is too small for god i get back to old jelly roll i only talk to god when i need a favor and as I said earlier, that's how a lot of people pray, man. They wait for the accident. They wait for the doctor's uh, visit where they get the bad news. They, they wait for a situation that just they just feels like I, I can't handle this myself. Then they go to God. Folks, listen to me. That's not what God wants. God wants you to bring everything to him. As Pete, First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. What does the word all mean? It means all. It means big, it means medium, it means little, it means everything. You see, give us this day our daily bread reminds us, by the way, that God even cares about the mundane things. He cares about what you eat. He cares that you got clothes on your back. He cares that you got a roof over your head and got gas in your car. All of those things matter to our Heavenly Father. Number three. It reminds us not to worry about the future. If you go back to the Old Testament and you read the book of Exodus, uh, the, the, the people of Israel are out in the desert wandering around, and they need to be fed every day. And so God gives them this thing called manna. It's like this heavenly bread that comes down. Every morning they'd walk out of the tent, and it'd be all over the ground. But this manna had this really weird quality is that it wouldn't last more than 24 hours if you tried to keep enough for the next day it would spoil and god said just gather enough for one day i'll take care of you tomorrow there was only by the way only one exception to that and that was on friday because saturday was the sabbath when you couldn't do any work on friday they could gather enough up enough for two days and it would miraculously last 48 hours But for the most part, he said, gather enough for one day. Now, listen, they were the people of God then, and God was teaching them, trust in me. Trust me. I'll take care of you. I don't have to put enough man out there for a year or a week or a month. I'll take care of you every single day. And he was teaching them to trust him. And and listen, nothing's changed. We are the people of God today, and he wants the same thing from us. Now, listen, that doesn't mean we shouldn't plan. I get this question a lot. Well, should should I plan? Sure. I plan, you should plan. But even as you plan, you need to trust God. Proverbs 16, 9 says, A man's heart plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Sometimes you plan, and you should do that, but you need to know in the back of your mind, God may have something else. God may have another way that he wants you to go. So that's one thing. You also need to remember, by the way, that God's got this uh, thing he does. (laughs) where he provides just what you need right when you need it. Not a day before, not an hour before. Isn't it an odd thing that as, as human beings, we're not like some animals. We, we, don't, we can't eat enough to last six months. You ever thought about that? You can only eat enough to last a few hours. You can't take a bre- enough breath into your lungs to last a day or a week, only a few minutes. We're designed to, to live in the moment. And God provides for us in the moment. That's what he does. He does. It's not about giving us plenty to say, well, I got all this. put. No, he's going to take care of you when you need him. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Number four, the fourth benefit of praying, give us this day our daily bread. It reminds us to help others. Listen, James uh, 2, 15 to 17 says this, If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacks daily food and one of you walks by them and says, go in peace, keep warm, eat well, and you don't give them anything to eat, you don't give them what their body needs, James says, what good are you? What good is that? That's not not a Christian. That kind of faith is dead. That ain't real faith. You see, folks, we need to be reminded that one of the ways that God supplies your needs and my needs and their needs is not supernaturally. It's very practical by using other Christians. Let me say that again. We need to be reminded that one of the ways that God provides every one of our needs is sometimes it's very practical. There are people in this church right now that, not their own fault, they are not able to provide their needs. They need other Christians to help them. That's what we're here for. So when we come to God on a daily basis and we say, give us this day our daily bread, we're basically committing ourselves to to be uh, the solution to someone else's problem. You're understanding, God, you're going to provide, and I'm thankful you're providing for me, but if you need me to help provide for somebody else, I'm, I'm available. Use me. In fact, did you notice the word, give us this day Not my daily bread. Our daily bread. See, that word right there should serve as a reminder that it's not just about us. It's about others as well. Number five, it reminds us to be thankful. Every good and every perfect gift comes from God, Paul said. Have you thanked him? Have you thanked him today? Did you you roll out of bed this morning and wake up? I'm assuming you did because you're here, right? That's kind of a dumb question. Did you have food to eat today? I'm assuming you did. Did you have strength and health to do what you need to do? Yes. Did he provide for you today? Yes. Have you, have you thanked him? Have you thanked him today? My guess is that some of us probably haven't. And by the way, let me just say this. Are you going through a trial? Did you know you can thank him for that? Did you know that Romans 8 says that every, uh, all things work for good? To those that love God and are called according to his purpose. You know that? Did you know that uh, Romans 5, 3, and 4 says suffering produces endurance? That's a good thing, right? Because Jesus said those that endure to the end will be saved. You know, suffering is is bringing you to salvation. It's producing character. Character is producing hope, which will not disappoint, Paul says. even the Even the things that we look at and think, man, this ain't good. God's using those things for good. God's blessing you those things listen the reality that god is constantly providing our bread by the way not only physical but spiritual every single day should draw us daily daily to the throne of grace to just say thank you uh god listen we're going to do that tonight before we leave i'm ready to close i'm going to ask that everybody join me at the altar and it would be crazy If we didn't take a moment to just thank God, come on, come on. It wouldn't be right. I won't say it crazy, but it wouldn't be right if we looked at a lesson like this and we didn't just take a moment to thank God for providing our needs. I'm going to pray, but uh, please don't let me do your praying for you because God has supplied your needs in ways that he hadn't supplied mine. Um, so I want you to give him thanks for what he's done in your life. I want you, to, I want if, if possible, you would ask him to make you, um, the, uh, use you to supply other people's needs. But most, infor- most of all, just, just to remind ourselves of who he is what he's done for us let's pray father god we thank you that you are our provider we thank you god that everything we have comes from you we thank you for the breath that's in our lungs we thank you for the uh the just the ability to to walk some don't walk as good as they used to but they're still walking lord God, I thank you for the food that you provide to us. I thank you for the uh, electricity that that powers our homes. I thank you for the refrigeration that keeps our food. I thank you for the, the rain that falls and, and helps us grow our vegetables and the things that we do, all of this stuff, God. And we could just go on and on and on. God, we don't want to be like an animal. We don't want to be uh, someone that doesn't recognize you We recognize you as the giver of all gifts. We recognize you as God, and we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you, God, that you give us every single day, not just this day, but the days past and the days ahead, ahead, God, that that we're not going to have to worry about being forsaken we're not going to have to worry about having to beg on the street because you are our father you are our father we don't have anything to worry about god the only thing we got to worry about is being ungrateful that's that's what we don't want to do god so we thank you in the midst of this month where we are as a country celebrating pride celebrating what you hate God, we bow our heads. We bow our knees. We humbly come before you as your children. And God, we give you glory. We give you honor. The things that we have, you made. The things that we've accomplished, you've empowered us. The the things that we have, you did those things, God. We didn't do them. We didn't do them, God. You are working in us to accomplish your will and your purposes. So we just stand here in the middle of June. And we say, Glory be to God. Glory be to God. God, we are your children. We follow your word. We will not turn back. We will walk in your ways and we will give you thanks daily for all that you do for us. We ask all this. We pray all this. We thank you for all this in your Son's name, who through everything was made. Through your Son's name, who. For him and through him and to him is everything. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. You are
0: Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200. Or email us at Info at ROL Crawfordville. Com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.